Kids. This week on Reliving the Extreme, it may be our shortest episode yet. We are going back to the episode of ECW from July the 19th, 1994. Nate Maxson here with you, along with my brother Aaron. Hello, everyone. And the star of the show, ECW Zone, Mr. Chad Austin. Well, I'm not going to say I'm the star of the show. I'm going to be the guy on the show that's going to drag this show out to make it at least an hour. That's that's what I'm, that's what that's the, my role for today is. I'm going to bore you guys for an hour because this show bored me for 37 minutes. This show was most definitely rough, uh, and we'll get into it in a minute. But it did make me think of a question that I would have that may prolong this episode a little bit. Watching this, I was like, man, this is... Okay, there are things, and we'll get to it when we talk about the show. There are things in the show I can say that are positive, but there are many, many negatives. And it reminded me of the fact that, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, maybe I was drunk. Maybe I was feeling sadomasochistic. I watched the 1985 WWF Wrestling Classic paper. And that okay. show, that show is awful. It is awful. It is terrible. So the question, oh, I, the que- that, that was the one with Dynamite Kid one? No, Jake, Junkyard Dog wins the tournament. There is a Dynamite Kid match on the show that's good, but overall the show is terrible. It's all like, you know, three minute, nothing happening matches. And well, I they, had, they, had, they had to get a tournament over in two and a half hours. <laughs> I mean, doesn't that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. You're right, but the show itself is. But the, the, what it reminded me of for a question that I'd like to ask you guys, talking about awful wrestling shows, what's the worst wrestling show you've ever seen? Uh, Great American Bass, 1991 in Baltimore. Okay, that's the that's, that's right, the. That's the Luger Wyndham deal. Yeah, that's the whole debacle with the Black Scorpion, uh, all that. The Luger Wyndham. Yeah, yeah that, that right. was like, and half the matches that were advertised didn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Actually, now that come to think of it, yeah, actually, it wasn't even half the matches. It was more than half the matches <laughs> didn't even happen. They, they put that fucking big ass PN news up on a scaffold or some shit too, don't they? I don't. I, yeah, with Bobby Eaton, like yeah. it was like what they just put four people together on a scaffold. <laughs> it's like. Eaton and Terry Taylor or something and PN News and I don't know. Yeah, you're now, right. Steve Austin's in it. I can't remember who's all in it. But if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, wasn't the big cat Mr. Hughes? Wasn't he on that show? I think so. <laughs> big cat. Undertaker. I think back to Aaron last week. B cat. That cracked <laughs> me up. But uh <laughs> Aaron, what would you say is the worst wrestling show you've ever seen personally? Um other than Heroes of Heroes. Or Heroes of Wrestling. That 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 doesn't count. You can't use that. That's a oh, cheat. That's the one I was going to use. <laughs> yeah, that's not fair. <laughs> oh, man. I would have to think for a minute on that. Um, the AWA Super Clash 2. Oof. You didn't even have to give a number. Yeah. Although, I do have... Uh... I do have a doozy of a show. I, I'm I'm just trying to pull the date up of what it what it was. Um, my God, it was a I want to say it was an AWA show, and it, it was just a spectacular debacle. <laughs> some That's of those real. some of those late stage, world class stadium shows too are pretty fucking awful. You got like five thousand people in a seventy thousand person stadium. Yeah, well, you talking about when when he ran like Comiskey Park? No, 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 no. World uh, WCCW in Texas, when like they would in the later days where they'd still ri- try to run Texas Stadium, but they'd only get like twenty five hundred people in there, and you know your main events like Brickhouse Brown versus John Tatum or some shit. Well, that then you don't don't ask why you got twenty five hundred people. In it. Right. 
go go to the guy with the pencil and ask <laughs> on down to our big event where the main event is Black Bart versus King Eric Bart. Embry. <laughs> Every single week, and we're gonna—I mean, you know, because you know how to book a feud, right? You know, mm-hmm. so you can get what five weeks. You know, I mean, if if you're good, well, I don't even know about good. If you just do it, you can get five weeks out of something like that. Not and counting, I'm, not counting modern day WWE. World class is probably the worst promotion to try to watch. Like, if you want to marathon watch it chronologically. Because it literally is, a lot of times it'll be the same shit week after week after week. Hey, it's Michael Hayes versus one of the Von Erics. Or Iceman King Parsons. Yeah. I mean, we, we we get it. Brickhouse Brown hasn't shown up yet. You're the black guy. Yes. Enough. <laughs> Enough. With the we are family. Yes, we are. We're all a big wrestling family. And he, and he comes treat, out there with his Rudy Putin ass. We are family, except uh, you, you, Von Erics. I don't really want to be in your family. Fuck no, because you survive. Yeah, I don't want to. I mean, it, that's a short lived op, uh, occupation right there. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> That's why that Lance Von Eric guy was like, no, I am not a Von Eric. Yeah, he changed his name pretty quick. <laughs> Put it in the paper. I am not a Von Eric. Yeah, well, does anybody have any really any any information on that guy? Like I know him from Portland, but I only have like maybe one tape that he's on, like a six hour tape. Being honest like, with being honest with you, other than the Lance Von Eric stuff, other than things that I've read, I've never seen anything else of the guy personally. Of Ricky Vaughn? Yeah. Yeah, but I know he did work Portman. And I guess he just showed up out of the blue. Maybe, you know, in conjunction with Billy Jack, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or, or, you know, a Rip Oliver? Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. More with Rip Oliver. I think they came in around the same time. Yeah, but, uh, you know, other than that, no. I don't know what the hell happened to that dude. Was he was he one of the ones that Meltzer forgot to do an obituary about? <laughs> just... <laughs> Like, uh, I'm wondering if I'm a big enough star that I'll get an obituary in the Observer. I think he left the business and became the pitcher for the Cleveland Indians, didn't he? What, for the, the movie Major League? Yeah, Ricky Vaughn. Yeah, is that, is that what you <laughs> and, and now And now John Moxley comes out to Wild Thing. It's all it's all a circle here in professional wrestling. And, and, and he was one of them barefooted goose, too. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and then you you tape your ankles. I don't I don't know about all any of that that nonsense. Taping your ankles. If you're gonna go the, the tape your ankles route, why don't you just wear boots? Yeah, it seems like taping your ankles would be so much more of a pain in the ass. Yeah, because tape is not tape. You, you, can, you know, tape costs money. Boots is a one time expense. Tape you're gonna have to buy. You know, rolls and rolls of tape every so every. You know, I mean, depending on how many often how many days you're working. Right. Yeah, <laughs> these guys are idiots. <laughs> Fucking moron. <laughs> and they're not even making any money. Aaron, did you get any questions on your Facebook post? Uh, Aaron did a Facebook post for... Like 20 seconds before we were supposed to start. So I only yeah. got one guy. One guy asked three questions. Oh, what does Archie <laughs> want? You know what <laughs> it's Archie Mitchell. Oh, Archie yes. Mitchell. Um, his, first, his first question is, why is Chad Austin ducking me for WrestleMania? What, to watch it at his house? I think he wants to fight you at WrestleMania. Well, neither one of us work there. (laughs) That's probably the first reason. (laughs) Um, I mean, what do you think we're going to, we're going to just show up there and 
and we're going to walk back in the back and tell somebody to hit our music. And Chad's going to go, I know Paul Heyman. <laughs> he's, 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 he's ducked me a thousand times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How do you, how do you make this happen at WrestleMania? Like, I'm just going to like go, I'm going to go, I'm going to spend my money to go to WrestleMania and try to sneak backstage so I can walk past the sound guy and go hit my music. And the guy goes, what's your music? I go, well, I don't fucking know. Uh, and then, and then he's like, why am I doing this? And I go, because Archie Mitchell's coming out next. He's like, Oh, Archie Mitchell. Oh yeah. All right. his, his music's already cute. So then, so then Chad has to come out to Dana Brooks music or something. Oh yeah. Or Reggie's. I got I got Reggie music. Archie's gonna come out to that girls in cars or whatever Jimmy Hart song. That's it. Well, that's not bad. Dude, I have that on a CD. I play that shit sometimes in the summertime when I go down to the to the beach. No, for for if you're talking Jimmy Hart, then uh, Archie's gonna come out to keep on dancing. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a that's a that's a good one. His next question uh, is. Oh, go ahead. No, I can't. I'm trying to think of the other Jimmy Hart song that I know. The Rick Springfield deal. Oh yeah, yeah, that's the one. Eat your heart out, Rick Springfield. Eat your heart out, Rick Springfield. That's that's horrible. <laughs> well, I mean, we can do a deep dive into that song if you want, but apparently we don't need to. And then he wants to know what exactly Archie Mitchell money is. Uh, I I, I don't know. That's I want to know. What, does he work? <laughs> does he not work? Is he a big slob? What is, like what's he, what's he, is he bald? What's what's going on with him? <laughs> Some of those things. Um I, how come I've never seen a photograph of this of this Archie Mitchell? I don't know. Is he like Bigfoot? <laughs> <laughs> Just you, you, people catch glimpses of him. Yeah, I was gonna say he's casually walking past the camcorder, just just willy nilly, just in the, I <laughs> throw it, throwing around Archie Mitchell money. <laughs> Fuck yeah, Archie Mitchell was taking over this show. And then his last question is, who is one wrestler? And he spelled one W O N. Does that mean Wrestling Observer Newsletter? I, I don't know. know. Who's one wrestler that could have never existed and neither one of you would have noticed? So wow. basically, like basically who's one wrestler that if he didn't ever existed, it would have Brutus Beefcake. Oh, I gotta pick another one. No, <laughs> well, I mean, if it came out if it came out for me that quick and it came out for you that quick, <laughs> that pretty much means he stinks. <laughs> it's pretty much safe to say. I'd say, but, Mark, mean, you, I'd say I'd say I'd say I'd say Marcus Bagwell or El Gigante. Uh, I can't say Buff. I'd say Firebreaker Chip. Oh no, we're not Firebreaker Chip again. <laughs> is he get, is he going to get beat up again? I hate that guy. <laughs> I mean, El Gigante, I kind of don't agree with because they kind of needed it, and he served a, a purpose, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. I can't. I mean, I, I'm that. not going to say he set box office records or anything like that, you know? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, at that time... You're right. They needed something. I'm not going to argue with that. You're right. They needed something. Shit. <laughs> Eligate. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to throw shit against the wall and see if it sticks, right? Dude, I, dude, I remember watching... Uh, I don't know what it was. Nineteen, I don't know what what ninety one, ninety two. When Bagwell first started, and they used to say Jim Ross used to tout that he was a graduate of Sprayberry High School and whatever bumfuck Atlanta suburb. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, dude, this guy stinks. <laughs> you know, he just stinks. Not because he, he he's he's a classic uh definition of a guy that just tries too hard 
Mm-hmm. He did, he does the whole, you know, when he did the American Males gimmick, and then he did the whole buff, the stuff is too tough for, you know, your muff. <laughs> like, I don't know what the fuck he was saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he just kind of was like, he's just, it's just too much for anybody, for any, any of it to get over. Because he was always trying to throw out a new catchphrase, a new, you know. A little in-ring dance. Yeah. Stupid. Tony <laughs> Schiavone said one time. That he said on Nitro, uh, he was commentating and Buff and Scott Steiner were coming out and he called um, Buff Bagwell Scott Steiner's flunky. He said, Oh, here comes Scott Steiner and his flunky Buff Bagwell. And then they were getting on an airplane or whatever and Bagwell bumped into Shivani and he goes, Shivani, what the fuck? Why'd you call me a flunky on television? You said, I'm Scott's flunky. I'm not a, like, why'd you call me a flunky? And and Tony's like, Because you're a flunky. Like, You're the you're the prime definition of a flunky. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I from what I hear, Shivani's not somebody that you want to fucking dick around with verbally. <laughs> you're a goddamn flunky. That's what I called you. That. I mean, I I I'm I'm way behind on listening to his show, but his podcast is is totally entertaining. Yeah, one time, uh, one time he was talking, they were talking about Renegade, and they brought up. He brought up Renegade, and Shivani's like, ah, oh, the things I could say about Renegade. Oh, is he dead? And Conrad was like, yeah, and he goes, fuck him, man. Let's really rip him up. <laughs> That's <laughs> tremendous. Yeah, dude, Shivani, man. I, I Dude, I've only met him, I, I mean, I've met him briefly like twice, and it was always just like, hey, man, you know, big big fan kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, because I, I mean, it was like like a Jimmy Seafood and like some other meet and greet or whatever. But yeah, dude, his show is the best, man. He tears everybody up. He's like, um, oh my god, who's he's like Vince Russo, but in a different way. Like he doesn't really cuss so much about it, you know. That's what I was gonna say. He's much more, um, not soft spoken, but uh, cla- classy about being unclass. I don't know. I, I don't even know yeah. what I'm trying to say, but he's much more eloquent about. Yes, that's the uh, word. Yes, eloquent about, about beating. It. You up. I mean, he's he doesn't flat out say you suck, you know, but but he tells you you suck. But we got way off topic here. Yes, we did, and let's 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 go ahead and do it now. We probably should get an hour now, because. <laughs> but anyway, it is the episode of ECW from July nineteenth, nineteen ninety four. We are coming out of Heat Wave, which we discussed sure. last week, and we get a recap. Of recaps, of multiple recaps here at the beginning of the show. They show us everything that has taken place between Shane Douglas and Tommy Dreamer since they were in elementary school or something, since the beginning of time, talking about how we are going to have Shane Douglas versus Tommy Dreamer on this week's show. I know you guys don't have any comments on this other than this. Dude, did you, um, did either one of you, got, did, does your network have the closed captioning it does but i don't have it on oh no no mine has it automatic oh really yeah no mine doesn't it's not it's i can turn it on and off but i don't have it i I didn't have it on my closed captioning had a great comment and it happened so fast that i couldn't rewind it to to find out what it was about the recap of shane and dreamer but it may have had to have been a dreamer joke, like for me to write it down. That, yeah. they, that's what I'm thinking it was. It was some sort of a dreamer jab. <laughs> I'm gonna have are, to... that, that was the recap, right? The Shane and Dreamer? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Running down their history from hell just when they came to the arena, just out of Cabrini. Um, the Shane Douglas, Tommy Dreamer story that they've been disco. 
disjointedly telling. That's the thing is they probably, this probably could have gained steam if they wouldn't have been so, what do you want to say, off and on with it. They're trying to tell the story, but then instead Shane defends against this person or he defends against this person instead. And then they try to go back to this number, a number of times. And now they're trying to make it come to a head this week. Dreamer and Douglas in the main event. The first match out to shoot here is the Sandman against Mikey Whipwreck for the TV title. Um, Oof. Mikey, the, the, there's two there's two good things about this. The first one I have is I do still enjoy Mikey looking scared and limping out to the ring, and he does a great job of that. Um, anything on this so far, Aaron? I just like what you said. Mikey does a good job with his like facial expressions and and um, Sandman's like almost fully formed into his Sandman um, gimmick. So, I mean, it, it's fun watching the progression of Sandman, seeing where he's going to get. So, I mean, plus woman's involved, so that's always a plus. I thought, I I actually liked the fact, I liked, um, well, I didn't like Mikey's music coming no, out. Yeah. That was, was rotten, just wretched. God damn, that was terrible. Where did they find this shit? Yeah, I don't know who to, I mean, it's Mike, jo- Mike Johnson's been gone for a while, and I don't know who the hell they got working there now, but that's terrible. But Mikey did take a great bump over the top rope, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you see that spot? Yes. Well, I actually, yeah, I, I have written down here, Sandman's essentially just beating Mikey up, and Mikey's taking amazing bumps for him. Making Sandman look like a million bucks. Yeah, that was a hell of a spot he took over over the top rope. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just thinking, like, nah, that wouldn't have been me. We, we would have, it would have been a thirty into the corner. I'll take a boot. I'm not, I'm not doing that spot. Well, once Mikey is outside the ring, like Chad alluded to, taking the bump to the outside, he bumps into a woman outside the ring, and she fucking lights him up, <laughs> and it's good stuff. It was great. And this was fun. I thought. Um, she says, you made me drop my stick, you stupid pipsqueak. <laughs> is that what she said? Yeah. She's hardcore. <laughs> pipsqueak is, I mean, <laughs> yeah, she's going to pay for that. And then woman canes Mikey. And then um, back in the ring after that whole, which, like I said, that was great. Um, Mikey getting Mikey getting his ass handed to him by woman also. And she did a great job, and so did he. And then Sandman goes after Mikey with the cane, and then we get a parade of Jay Brones coming out to try to help Mikey, including Tommy Cairo, who has just got done feuding with the Sandman, and now he comes in and gets just gets plastered. He's just another guy. Hey, I was there. one of them guys. Were you out there during this? I didn't see. I didn't. I don't remember yeah, seeing. I was wearing I, a black satin ECW jacket. Oh shit! I remember seeing Richards and Donnie Allen, but I didn't see Chad Austin. Well, I mean, I, it was a it was a jobber jamboree, so I kind of I kind of like just went to the corner. I didn't want to be noticed. I got a now. I can't be. Yeah, why, 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 why do I, I want to eat this fucking cane? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm doing the, I'm doing the whole calm down, brother, calm down, and I'm just I'm just yelling it, you know, and nobody's listening. Is, is this where is this where Dreamer kisses Nancy, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Ooh. Oh. I hope that was one hell of a kiss for Tommy Dreamer. He he paid pretty big for that one. He uh yeah, he um he gets caned by woman after he comes out to help, but he ducks the sandman and then he gets a hold of woman or he ducks the cane, I'm sorry. He gets a hold of woman and she slaps him. 
And instead of hitting her back, he kisses her. And then Sandman canes him. And I wrote once again, Sandman is the good guy in this situation because he stopped his woman from having a guy force himself onto her. Dude, that cane, dude, I'm telling you, that cane stinks. It, if you notice, I mean, have we have we won over this before? I don't believe how, so. How the how the cane works? No. Oh well, the canes the cane is a is a bamboo shoot that has slits that run from the from the top to the to the handle, and th- when you swing it, it's supposed to grab a hold of your skin and rip it as you pull it off, mm-hmm. right? But in modern times, they put tape like in two or three spots on the cane, so the cane won't, you know, rip your flesh. It, it won't rip your skin, but you're still taking the beating of the cane, right? So I mean, you, I mean, but it's it's just like it's topical, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's going to kill you. It's like you know, scraping your knee, you know, whatever. But yeah, but that's that's the gimmick, and I'm like, dude. He's wearing this dude out. Yeah, I mean the cane comes apart. <laughs> like it's it's yeah. it's in pieces by the time he's done. When he was whacking him in the head, I was like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> well, he did try to rape his girlfriend. I'm just saying, rape. <laughs> I mean, strong words there, buddy. Rape on TV. Like, no wonder he defended Flair on that fucking dark side of the ring. All right, move on. <laughs> The the other cool thing that I, I liked about this, once again, it's woman coming up here. Her her whole smoking the cigarette with the pleased look on her face and all that, that was that was that was fun too. That was like a nice yeah. little touch, you know, of her being her being essentially pleasured by the sadisticness of all of it. Yeah, and Nancy's just was all just all around just a class act. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, what at this point she had had ten plus years. You know, she knew the score. <laughs> yeah, she knew what the hell she was doing. I, 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 I've always, I always loved being around Nancy, and I just always loved seeing her at breakfast and just, just saying good morning to her because mm-hmm. she definitely would make your day when you see her in the morning. You know, and she's dressed up like she's going to the ring <laughs> at like eight in the morning. But you know, with a you know an elegant gown on and whatever. She's in what the business. Kyle, what about what about Keith Shears, brother. <laughs> well, there is, there is. After this, there is a promo from Sandman and Woman just talking oh, about Tommy's is. kiss. Where Woman says, uh, "Tommy Dreamer came in the arena tonight, a boy, and he left a man." The funniest part. The funniest part is that Sandman, <clears throat> like according to them, like it got her all worked up and hot and bothered, and he was like, "I was trying to go home, pop a keg, get in my recliner, watch TV, and now you got her all hopped up. Now I got to take her out dancing." Dancing. He's like, I don't get to go home. Like, essentially, he's like, Tommy Dreamer, you caused all this. You got her moist. Now I got to take her out. Got to take her out dancing. (laughs) It is funny. (laughs) What's that going to cost? $28.50 hack? (laughs) Seriously. Enough. I mean, you're taking out woman to a dive bar in what? Philadelphia? Because I don't think they, I don't think they have a Hooters there. So they all got to be dive bars. I like Chad alluded to the next thing here is we have Keith Shira or no Kyle. This is Kyle. This is Kyle Shira. They're the same fucking guy. But anyway, all things all things being equal. That's Keith's brother. All all things being equal here. It's Terry Funk, and he is with uh his mummified brother Dory, and he is going against Kyle Shira, and uh Dory mumbles words of encouragement to Terry before the match. 
Is that what you think it was? I think it was more, who, who are you? What am I doing here? <laughs> he was probably just, he probably remembered like what garage he parked in. He was just reminding him, C29. That's where we're parked at. Hurry up. <laughs> He's like, do you, do you have my rattler? I need my, I need my heart pill. Like, yeah, and then, and then he's like, "Don't forget, um, what's that western that comes on that the old people watch?" Gunsmoke. Yeah, he's like, "Don't forget, Terry, Gunsmoke comes on at ten. We have to get back to the fucking motor lodge." Wapner's on right after it. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think at this point, Dory's living his life in black and white. <laughs> everything, everything is. It's just. Everything he sees is in black and white. <laughs> Cinescope. It's it's Dory Funk living life looking at Cinescope. I could I can't believe how Joey went bananas over Keith well no, Kyle Shearer. I have that written down here. He is so over the top about it. It's fantastic. Yeah, how his brother Keith and blah blah blah. Beat, beat Jake Roberts in the Manhattan Center. <laughs> yeah, dude, I was just like, get the fuck out of here. Keith Shearer, Kyle Shearer, whatever. Shakira. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're all over. <laughs> Joey loves the, the Shakira brothers. The there is a there is an audible kill Dustin Rhodes chant during this match. I don't know if you guys caught that. From that from the, cr- yeah, the from crowd. That show? Yeah, chanting "Kill Dustin Rhodes" was ninety four. Was Terry was Terry feuding with Dustin and WCW at this time, Aaron? Yeah, because he was uh, double shot in ECW and WCW. Yeah, he was in the stud stable. He was with Buck House, Buck and Arn Anderson, and I think Mang had just come in too. They were all with Robert Fuller, who was Robert Parker. But yeah, they were all with that. That was a thing at that time. I thought I thought it was around the same time. So yeah, that's probably why they're chanting that. I wouldn't know why else they would be healing on Dustin Rhodes <laughs> in the ECW arena. No, I don't. You know, I, that's crazy. That's crazy to me. <laughs> um, Terry actually gives Terry actually gives Kyle a little bit in this match, a little bit more than he probably deserved, and. uh Terry goes over with the spinning toehold. Any other notes on this thing, guys? Well, he, well gave I, a little, he gave him a little bit, but he took it right back because he gave chopping the shit out of him for a well, little bit. I was trying to figure <laughs> out what the psychology of it was. I didn't understand why he was giving mm-hmm. Shira so much. And I I really got nothing. I couldn't decipher it, you know? Uh, maybe, you know? Maybe it was just to stretch out time. That's what I was about to say. Maybe they were like, we need an eight-minute TV match, Terry. <laughs> well, who are you giving me? This guy. Well, all right, then. <laughs> You're a star tonight, kid. Yeah. Joey Styles loves in some Shearer brothers. <laughs> that that was that was fun, him laying that shit on thick. I did enjoy that. That was funny. The next thing we have here is a promo from Cactus Jack um, doing what he does best, and that is being super good at what he does all the time. He is putting over Sabu here and wanting to fight Sabu again. But I love the way that Mick puts over Sabu. You know, I thought I was the craziest son of a bitch in wrestling. I thought I was the most hardcore son of a bitch in wrestling. And you proved me wrong. And it just gives you the anticipation to want to see him wrestle each other again. Yeah, this was like the, um, I, I don't I don't think it was the birth of, because I think he's done some previous ones, but we're getting around the time where he leaves ECW and does other territories like Ozark Mountain and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then you start seeing the Cactus Jack that Cactus wants to be, and, you know? Right. He, he starts cutting the promos that are like, you know, they're intelligent. 
and, and you know a lot of it goes over most people's heads you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but they're good and you know and they're meaningful and they're and, and they they look serious kind of thing but this is this is the era that i think this is like right around the beginning of that cactus promo yeah, well and and i i've i've said it on we can't wrestle before for my money, just for me personally, his ECW promos, especially the anti-hardcore promos later that we're going to get like a year or so from now, are probably my favorite promos ever. Honestly, if I have to, if I if I have to put, you know, if I have to put a tape together of a collection of my favorite promos, Kane Dewey, he was so good, so good, Kane Dewey. Yeah, <laughs> you just you watch him and you can't look away. You can't, and no matter how many times you see it, you can't look away. You can't stop watching it. And, and 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 the best part was there was always like I don't know eight nine ten people standing in front of him while he's cutting them promos, you know, behind the camera, mm-hmm. and he could like like just glance around and take a little bit make you know make something up while he was doing it because he had you know some sort of inspiration mm-hmm. oh I, I have i have something with this guy i got something with that guy yeah he, he, his promos were great aaron anything else on that not like public enemy oh, i was just gonna say was this is like we're going into like the fucking flip side of it like okay this was fantastic and now now here's these fucking goose these goofs, yes. beetle dumb. Let's get these fuckers out here. We get, yeah, we get, we get essentially like six minutes of. Yeah, they're like, let's recap our entire career here in ECW, Johnny. Like, oh my god, Dude, I, I just, I just can't believe. It. I, I just, I don't get it, man. Why would guys that are supposed to be what in their mid to late thirties just act like that? You know, and Rocco, like, like we've said. When Rocco cuts like the the I'm Rocco Rock at the end of it, like that's good stuff. Like when he's serious, but when he's like fucking goofball, it's like, ugh, it's just fucking terrible. He should just cut his sinister Rocco Rock promo and let his fat useless friend just stand there and <laughs> and, and that should be their thing. But I, I don't know how to spell the word ridiculous, but I did a halfway decent job of it right next to that promo I wrote. I I, I don't even want to tell you how I spelled it. R I D I C O L O U L. That's how I spelled ridic- uh, ridic- ridic- Volkov. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's apparently what I spelled. So a question, and and tell me if I'm missing something. Why why do you think they got so over? Who Public Enemy? I, they were homegrown. Okay, because I just I have never gotten it. I've never seen it. I never got and, it. And it's like Chad said, they were homegrown because the minute they left, the minute they left that bingo hall, it was all fucking downhill. <laughs> yes, like, they, like in in WCW, they had a good their first two months. They were good, but after that. I mean, and I'm not even saying they were good. I'm just saying like the crowd was into them because they were like doing the table thing and everything. But the minute they had to like have like fucking regular wrestling matches and just whatever, it was just terrible. And then they got to Vince, and right away it was like, nope. And the acolytes beat the shit out of them. Yeah, they got they got bushwhacked right back to the ICW. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude, they, they they just didn't know. They, they, I don't know. I mean, I don't know whether it was a big head thing, you know, mm-hmm. or anything like that. But 
I know, I know, I know the story goes. And the reason I, I say I know the story goes is because I've heard multiple people give the same account of the story. But I know that Monday Night Raw, when they showed up in the WWF and they were trying to act all, you know, like you said, big headed and, Ron Simmons and John Layfield pretty much were like, uh, that's no. Oh. And then they, they just went out and had their way with them. Oh. <laughs> they, they were in the hearing. They were in the, what the, the, uh, ear range of the wrong two guys that night. Apparently. So the, uh, the next thing we have on this show after the public enemy, oh, enemy. Sorry. Um, one of my favorite things about that story too is, um, Kurt Angle said he was in the crowd and he was like thinking of trying to get into professional wrestling or whatever. And thought it was a joke and this, that, and the other thing. He said he was sitting in the crowd and that match came out and he was like, fuck that. Like, he's like, it almost made me not do it. I was almost like, if that's what they're doing, fuck. But it was terrible. (laughs) I mean, like, did did he say, I don't want to do terrible wrestling? I just think he was like, they're kicking the shit out of these guys. I don't want to do that. But it's the people. They're not kicking the shit out of each other. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's just the crowd going crazy, and the pan, the sheet, the cookie sheet over the head doesn't hurt. I don't understand it. I don't. I. I, I won't sell. I won't sell it. I mean, I wouldn't sell it. I'm not working anymore, but I wouldn't sell it. You know, a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Not selling it. Just it's it's hard hitting. Like Pete, the fans, in my opinion, like they like it when you're if you're over by the guardrail and you got the guy bent over the guardrail and you're beating on his back, mm-hmm. you know, with the forearms, and they hear it. Well, and, and there's that shit there there is something. A, there is a reason that people at this point rarely talk about a great cookie sheet spot. But they damn sure talk about Mike Awesome and Masato Tanaka. Because those two guys were like two refrigerators beating the shit out of each other. And you remember that because it was it was high in <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And their bodies, for fuck's sake. Like, there was, Dude, you know. I mean, how how could Paul legitimately luck in to finding two people as dumb <laughs> as them two uh, I, you know what I mean it's one thing to find somebody like Mike that's, that's completely it does having a clue what's going on you know it's one thing to find that guy but then you'd be like alright well what are you willing to do and you saw what he's willing to do with JT Smith you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then they're going to bring in this Japanese guy and like what are you willing to do and he's just speaking Japanese <laughs> he's got scars all over his fucking <laughs> yeah. body <laughs> He's speaking Japanese, and Paul's just kayfaving it and pretending like he knows what Japanese is. Says, I think he said anything. Uh, and then he has to ask, like, somebody next to him, did you did you hear that? Didn't he say anything? Just so he has a witness. <laughs> yeah, he'll do anything. Yeah, those, those guys together was magic. Up next on this show, we go to a Shane Douglas promo with Mr. Hughes. Um, and then essentially we go to the ring, and they... Shane kind of cuts the same promo in the ring. Um, I don't know what why they felt the need to do a pre-tape promo and then have him cut the promo in the ring, but whatever. I didn't format the show. Um, Shane's in the ring, of course, talking shit about Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, Bret Hart, challenging all the other champions from around he the United shut, States to come. Shut the fuck up about it. What's that? He won't shut the fuck up about he it. He didn't challenge the guy from the AWF. Tito he Santana. Yeah. He didn't challenge the IWCCW. <laughs> CCW champion. Yeah, one of the ones that might show up. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> they lived right down the street. He didn't. Yeah, he didn't challenge Johnny Roz's New Jersey champion, Ace Darling. You you come to the ECW arena. Oh, good lord, Ace Darling. Um, the I'm going to ask this question again because I asked it like two weeks ago, and maybe last week, and this week again. Was that 911 chant sweetened? Was that put in there by the WWE for some no, reason? Because I, I didn't see want 911. I didn't see anybody <laughs> chanting. I don't know. Well, wow, people say the Philadelphia crowd is a rough crowd. <laughs> if, if, if they're going to chant 911 during like any match or, you know, whatever, Dreamer or PE, whatever. Wow. Well, that says a lot about how smart they really are. I'm just saying, I don't think it, it, if it, if it's sweetened, it's not the WWE network taking the time to put 911 chants in. It was probably, if it was added, it was added by Paul originally when it happened, but nobody's sitting at the East, at, at WWE headquarters and is on fucking 911 1994 duty and making <laughs> sure that his fucking chant is in the fucking thing. Cause like, know. like Vince isn't sitting there with nine one one in the chamber about getting ready to put him in the fucking hall of fame. So we better have some shows where people are chanting his name. It, Fuck it, yeah. Big Al hall of <laughs> famer. Well, who would, the, induct, uh, who would induct nine one one into the hall of fame? It would have Mr. to be Mr. Mikey. Oh. Yeah. Chatter Mikey. Both of you. And he comes out and he just choke slams you both. Yeah. He comes <laughs> out, choke slams me. And then he stands there like he's going to talk. And then Mikey comes out and tries to talk and then choke slams him. And then surprise, surprise, he's out of breath and he can't give his speech. So he just leaves. <laughs> and then Polly comes out and gives it gives the speech for him. <laughs> That's right. See, there you go. Book it. Smart they decision. Book it. Smart they decision. That fucking hard. Well, the story of this is Tommy Dreamer has a concussion and uh, Shane he's Douglas. Good. Gonna, he's a death. Yeah. Pervert rapist. He deserves this concussion. Pervert racist. Rapist. <laughs> he's a pervert racist. Rapist. <laughs> oh, rapist. All right. Well, I, I, well, I don't know. Either fucking way. <laughs> He's a pervert racist or a pervert rapist. <laughs> He's still a pervert. They, they give Tommy a 10 count to come to the ring to face Shane. He answers the 10 count at eight and comes out. And okay. And this is where I said, you think of something positive. Let's say something positive. They're trying to tell a story here, and I get it, but they drug it. This this was like only like seven minutes of the show, but it felt like it was 20, didn't it? They just drug this shit out forever, it seemed like. Uh, I mean, what, what, what are we talking about again? The Dreamer? Just, yeah, Douglas and Dreamer, it just, like I said, I can tell the story they were trying to tell with the concussion deal and all that, but it, I think that they just, it went too long. Oh, yeah, because it was like, it was the... If I had to guess, it's probably because of the complete um, how they keep showing the recap videos. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah, yeah, you're right because you see it. You're seeing them over and over and over and over again. I mean, it's like, can we same, get? Can, can we get to the videos. point? You're seeing the same videos every single week, and then you're like, we get it, we get it again. We get it. It seems to be the theme of this show. We get it, Iceman Parsons. We get it, Tommy Dreamer. Jesus God, poor Tommy Dreamer. Sh- and Tommy shows a little fire. In the middle of the match, um, uh, Douglas also has Mr. Hughes helping him. So again, the big cat, the big cat, <laughs> all, all things told, they're telling what should be a good heel baby face story here. I'm not, I'm not dissing that at all. Like I said, I'm just saying they just, they just drug it out too long. 
Aaron, what do you think? I agree. It should have been quicker because it's like, I know like, oh, he's got a concussion. You're trying to get this concussion thing over. But it's like, eh, well, he just went like seven and a half minutes. So it must not be that bad of a concussion. <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah. The concussion? And, yeah. And, and I just thought of something with going off our Hall of Fame ideas that were sent in defense. Mr. Huge and Dr. Undertaker. And he just comes out on the stage, looks to the left, looks to the right, and goes, Undertaker! And then the music hits, and he just walks away, and the Undertaker comes out. So he's the one that inducts him? Yes. One simple word in his speech. He just comes out, looks to the left, looks to the right, and says, Undertaker. And then Undertaker comes out and gives his acceptance. And Mr. Mr. Hughes gives him his urn back. Yeah. You know, things Sorry come full that. circle. Sorry about that. <laughs> he said, "Sorry oh. about that." <laughs> oh, hope we ain't got no heat. I, I didn't know this was Because Lord knows my house don't have no heat. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! What? Pay your bills, Mister Hughes. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> All right. Well, that is that is the episode of ECW from July nineteenth, nineteen ninety four. Real quick, as we always do, guys. What did we think overall of this show? I just put it was a nothing happening show because nothing happened. Oh, I mean, I actually kind of liked it a little more than I've been liking some of the shows. I don't don't know why. I just found myself maybe because I was watching porn on my phone while it was happening. I, I don't I don't know. I just kind of found that a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I mean, I, I didn't think it was. I don't think it was rotten. But that finish of the dreamer concussion thing and all that. I'm like, dude, that's that was. Just, that was a rough finish for Philadelphia, you know? And that was a tough pill to swallow for them kids. And I'm sorry. I felt bad for them. My my, my two biggest words for this show were treading water. That's what we felt, it felt like we were doing. Just treading water and uh, hoping things get better. I know we're about probably a little over a month away from the NWA title tournament where Shane throws the belt down and et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, they do mention it. Yes, we're getting there. Um, and that being said, I don't know. I, like I said, just a treading water show. It was there. Um, it's not the worst we've seen. It's not the best we've seen. No, it was just, it, it, it just held its place. Like just keeping you, you know, mm-hmm. keeping you just interested enough that you're going to want to continue. So that is a wrap for this edition of reliving the extreme. <laughs> I want to thank everybody for joining us. And, um, Next week, we will be doing, I believe it is July the 26th of 1994. We'll see what is to come on that show. Aaron, Chad, any parting words for our listeners this week? Uh, Tally-ho. Thanks for listening. Yes, I, I second those emotions. And thank you all for listening. And we'll see you next week, everybody, on Reliving the Extreme. Reliving the Extreme is a production of Max and Out Media, all rights reserved.